Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. This is us. Who is familiar with the show? This is us. Just a few people. Okay. Um, my wife showed me this trailer here when it first came out a couple of years ago, and as she showed me this trailer, I was thinking to myself, "Okay, it is good to honor your wife and to sacrifice for your wife and to do good things for your wife. This is going to be the chick flick of chick flicks. So I am going to be a good husband, supportive husband." And she's like, "Let's watch," and I'm like, "Yes, let's do it." And um, I'm thinking, all right, here we go. So we watch it, and by the end of it, I'm like, you know, just into it. Because it's just so intense, and it's so crazy. And um, what I love about it is that the entire show revolves around relationships. It's relationships between um, siblings, between um, an adopted son and his biological father. And it's about two people who are on a weight loss journey together. And this, the whole show is centered around relationships. And that's what Chris is really trying to get, oh, like, he's, he's done an incredible job the last two weeks talking about how relationships are so vital in the church. Relationships with each other, but then more importantly, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know the Holy Spirit kind of gets a little goofy in churches, right? It, just, it's, it's, it gets a little confusing because we think of God the Father, you know, God up in heaven, he's sitting on his throne, and he's ruler over heavens and earth, and we can begin to resonate what it's like to have a father figure. I know not all of us have a great father figure, but we can kind of at least generalize what that's supposed to look like, and so we can visualize God the Father. And we think of Jesus, or God incarnate, God in the flesh, who was literally like us. He was just as much human as we are, and and even as he was died and he came back to life, he had holes in his hands from where they had driven the stakes through his hands. So he was fully human like all of us, and he gave us eternal life. And so we can, we can resonate with that. We know what that's like. But then you get to the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me, I went to church when I, when I gave my life to Christ and I was going to church. I never even heard of the Holy Spirit for like three years. I'm like, what's the Holy Spirit? And we think, when I think of Holy Spirit, I think of like this energy source, right? Like this floating orb in the sky that's just like, the Spirit, it's cool. And so it's just, it's confusing but today, and, and what Chris is really trying to get us to understand is that the Holy Spirit is a being. It's, it, it's God. It's, it's something that's very personal in our life. So if you're like me, you probably ask, okay, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, like I said, you guys might have heard of the Trinity before. The Holy Spirit is just like God the Father, just like Jesus. He is God in every way, shape, and form. He is God. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit lives in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Spirit of God being the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. That is so weird for me to even wrap my head around. So you might be asking, okay, I'm a 21st century person, all right? Jesus came 2,000 years ago. God's been around since the beginning of the earth, which is, you know, a long time, as some of you might imagine, almost as old as Chris. Um, sorry, Chris. Um, and so you're asking, okay, like, what does, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with me? How can he be present in my life? How can he be in me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. 
The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Okay, so I, I, need, I need you guys to pull out your imagination right now. You've got God the Father. He's infinite in all of his wonder, infinite in all his power, and he's, he's got all these crazy thoughts for us. He thinks of us personally. He thinks of who we are and, and all of us. From the time that the earth was created until now, he knows every single person. And his beat, his heart beats for them. And he's got all of these strong emotions that if you're a parent, you probably feel towards your kids. Or if you're a kid, you feel towards your parents. Or if you, uh, you know, we all have different relationships. We feel these different things. So God's feeling that even on a more infinite scale. And the Spirit studies those thoughts. He studies what those feelings are. And he lives in us, and so now he can communicate to us about directly what God's thoughts are. I was too young for this, okay? But a lot of people in here maybe had two soup cans and a string, right, in the old days? Nobody. Okay, maybe that's just on TV. Okay, I was too young for it. Just, you guys know where I'm going with this, at least. The Holy Spirit really is the string between the pop cans. We got one can to our ear and the other can's at God's mouth and the Holy Spirit connects the two. The Holy Spirit is our direct connection to who God is. It's the reason we can feel God's thoughts. It's the reason we can feel God's strength and God's presence and, and His strength and all of different stuff. And one of the most powerful ways we receive from the Holy Spirit is through spiritual gifts. Who likes gifts? Anybody? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. I love gifts. Spiritual gifts are something I love to talk about. And every time I talk about spiritual gifts, I always give a disclaimer. Okay? Always. Um, my dad, it was, it was my senior year of high school. Um, I tried to work really hard throughout high school because I was going to go into dental school and do all this different stuff. So um, he's like, I want to throw you, you know, a, a graduation party at the end of your graduation. And We'll invite your friends and, and, and some, our close family, and um, I just want to do something special for you. So we have cake and, and all these good appetizers. It was amazing. And um, as we're doing that, towards the end of it, he, he brings out a package, just like a rectangle package. And I was like, okay, what is this? And so um, I rip the packaging open, and I open up the box. And in this box is a Beretta... Outlander 12-gauge shotgun with the perfect camo on it. And I was like, yes. If you're not a gun fanatic, um, that's okay. I know everyone's got a different stance on it. But um, this was our dream, my dream shotgun. And it was an amazing gift. However, it wasn't the shotgun that I loved so much. It was the reason for the shotgun. You see, there's a picture on the screen here of my dad and I. This was one of our first hunts, okay? Um, hunting, yes, it's funny story. I wasn't even going to share this, Dad. My dad's in the audience. One of our first hunts he brought me on, it was cold, all right? Like, I was a little kid. I, I wasn't even old enough to do anything. He just wanted to bring me along, and so I was freezing cold, and my dad had this big duffel bag full of hunting clothes that were left over, and I got so cold and was so just, like, shivering, he stuffed me in this duffel bag, zipped me up, and put me next to him because I was so cold. I was that small. 
So that was my first hunting experience. It was a lot of work, let me tell you. But hunting has been a sacred thing for my dad and I. Um, as I've gotten older and, you know, I've went to college and, and I've, I've got a wife now, um, my dad and I don't see each other as often, and that, that can be really tough. Um, but when we're out hunting, it is, it's like we picked up right where we left off. We have some of our deepest conversations. It's just, it, there's just something about it that is just so strong and so amazing. And that's, that was the heart behind the shotgun. Every time I pull that shotgun out to go hunting, yes, it's a beautiful piece of equipment. Yes, it's an amazing gift. But every time I pull it out, it reminds me of my dad. It reminds me of the connection that we have. And when we're talking about spiritual gifts, that's what the heart behind it is. It's not just that we can add a a, a gun, if we will, to our arsenal or some ammo to our arsenal and that we can be more holier than thou. Spiritual gifts are meant to bring us closer to God. Spiritual gifts are meant to, to help other people and to bring us closer together. And one of those gifts that I'm going to talk about today is prophecy. Okay? Prophecy. Um, there, if you look throughout the Bible, there are a whole bunch of different lists of spiritual gifts. There's no, like, set list of, like, if you go to this chapter, this is the whole list of gifts. You know, it's, it's kind of like the naughty and nice list. It's always changing, you know? Um, all right, cool. <laughs> spiritual gifts. If you just if you open up your Bible or you or you go through and, and search it online, you'll find a whole different chapters that talk about spiritual gifts. Romans chapter twelve, First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses eight and ten, First Peter four eleven, Ephesians four. The list goes on, and some of the very there's a whole bunch of spiritual gifts, but some of them are such as serving, exhortation, teaching, leadership mercy, etc. Good looks. Okay, I added that one. That's my spiritual gift. My wife is shaking her head. No, it's not your spiritual gift. But in those gifts is the gift of prophecy. And if you're like me, when you think of the word prophecy, you're thinking of these movies, right? And prophecy. And it's this old guy in a village and he's talking about how this crazy like underdog kid is going to do the impossible and all this different stuff is going to come true and you're like yeah prophecy is weird my goal today is to show you that prophecy is not weird it's not a goofy thing it's something that can really benefit us it's something that can really draw us together and if you're uncomfortable i understand because i'm uncomfortable too i'm prophecy is not something i've looked into a lot so it's, i'm even learning with you guys but the word prophecy comes from the greek word propheta i don't know that's more of a hispanic twist on it but um i don't know greek but i know that's the greek word and what it means is it's the ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to others okay so basically what prophecy is is it's God, in a supernatural way, giving you a message for someone or something. And then it's you sharing that. You with me on that? Cool. And prophecy is a huge reason all of us are sitting here in the church today. Okay? In the Old Testament, you see all these different people who received prophecies. And they're different believers of God. And, and, and they're, you know, just walking around, living life over in Israel. And... 
all of a sudden, as they're reading the Torah or, or the book of the law that they had, and they're praying and, and, they're, and they're conversing with God, God would share these messages with them. Some messages that they of knowledge they had no idea before, and then they would go up to people and say, I have a message from God. God says, boom. And it was a very serious deal, okay? Like, it was, they took it very seriously. And if you weren't legit, you were in trouble, okay? Because a lot of people would say, hey, God says you're supposed to give me 10 grand to pay off my student loans. Sweet, thank you. God didn't say that. I'm going to go pay my student loans. If you weren't a true prophet and, and the prophecy did not come true, it wasn't just like a slap on the wrist. They would take up stones and kill you, okay? This is a big deal. Can you imagine if you went to work and someone stole your sandwich like in Friends? And you're like, hey, you take my sandwich? Nope. All right, well, you, let's go back. I got some rocks. I'm going to stone you to death. Like, that would be a bad deal. Nevertheless, prophecy is a big deal. And it is so cool how God works. If you look in Isaiah chapter 9, it's absolutely amazing. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah was, was written in 740 B.C., so 740 years before Christ even walked this earth. And Isaiah is, is, is in the nation of Israel, and Israel is mourning. Israel is grieving because the nation of Assyria, the superpower, is obliterating them. They're just trying to stay alive, and Assyria was nasty. They would come into these these villages of, of, of Jewish people, and they would like literally like I'm not gonna get into graphics because it's nasty. But needless to say, they would mutilate these people and bury them and make them suffer. And so Israel's like, "Where are you, God? What is going on?" And all of a sudden, Isaiah receives this message from God in chapter nine. He said, "I know you're mourning, but there's good news. This is coming." In chapter six, it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This was 700 years before Jesus came. There is no way, no chance that he could have just come up with this on his own. He wasn't just like, hmm, I know this looks awful, but I have a feeling 700 years from now, someone's going to come and make this all better. There's no way. It had to have been God. And what do we find? Jesus comes, and he is mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. It wasn't just an ordinary childbirth. A lot of scholars, if you look at commentaries and stuff, some are like, well, this could have been the child Hezekiah that he was talking about, or this could have been an earthly child. And a lot of other scholars are saying, no, it couldn't have been. Because the timing is a little off, and Hezekiah and all these earthly people weren't mighty God. They, they were just normal people. And so this happens and God gives them this message, and what do we happen? What happens? God comes to this earth. Every Easter we celebrate that he was born, that it was amazing. But is this not what happens? Sometimes we put God in a box. It seems illogical. 
I bet if I, some guy, some pastor came in and said, and this was 740 B.C., and he said, I know this looks bad, but there's someone coming who's going to make it better. We'd be like, okay, like I'll maybe believe that, but I don't. But this was God. This was not a coincidence. This was something that he shared with Isaiah, and Isaiah shared it with all of them. And so when we talk about prophecy today, it might seem a little off. It might seem a little goofy. But God's in the business of doing that, because here's why. When we get to a point in our lives where we can't attribute what happened except for that God showed up, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. If, if it was just a coincidence, if it would just happen to be that Jesus would come 700 years later and God didn't make that message happen, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, oh, that's kind of a cool way that lined up. But when there's no way except for God to do what he did, how many of you know that's a cool thing? When you're at a place, when only, when Brian Lance came in and said, when you're at a place and all you can say is, but God showed up, that's a cool place to be in. Because God's in the business of doing miracles. And when we get to the end of Raw Rope and the beginning of his, amazing things happen. And so today, as we dive in, the million-dollar question is, God did all that crazy stuff in the Old Testament. He gave that amazing prophecy. He split the Red Sea, and he did all that amazing things. Does he still do that today? Where is that God today? I would submit to you, he's living in here. The Holy Spirit that gave him that prophecy in 740 B.C. is the same Holy Spirit that's living in us today as Christians. It's powerful stuff. So what does it mean for us today? Well, as I said earlier, the Bible tells us that God is alive and active in our world today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He's a dwelling place. We are, we are a dwelling place of God. So therefore, if you let him, that same thing can happen to you today. It can happen to me today. And he's moving in this world. He's doing amazing things. But we've got to let him do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and he says, desire these spiritual gifts. And we have the same request today. We need to, re- we need to pursue and desire spiritual gifts. But if you're like me, you're asking, why does he say especially prophecy? Why just prophecy? Well, the problem was in Corinth at the time, gifts were like an, a badge of honor. Like, I, I've got the gift of healing. I've got the gift of service. I've got the gift of teaching. You've only got the gift of service. I'm holier than you. And God's going, no. Paul will teach them that it's not about you know, making yourself look better. It's about doing other things. And so prophecy, prophecy was good for the whole body of Christ because God would give them a message to share with everybody so everyone could be a part of it. And that's what we have today. See, when we receive a message from God, when we receive a prophecy, you share it with somebody. You encourage somebody. You strengthen somebody. God knows what we need. He knows who we are. He knows what's going on. 
and prophecy is a way to help with that. I went to North Central University. It's a Bible college. It was amazing. Um, and my senior year, as I'm getting ready um, to go out into ministry and do these things, a pastor came in, and he was saying, he was telling us about the Holy Spirit and, and how the Spirit moves and, and different stuff. And he was telling me that there was this couple in his church who was going through a lot of marital problems as, as, as marriage is hard and, and we all go through things. And they asked the pastor, can, can we meet with you? Can, can we talk it out? And he's like, yeah, sure. And, and for those who aren't aware, sometimes the life of a pastor, while it doesn't seem like much, can be very busy. You know, you go from meeting to meeting to meeting, and we're meeting with all these different people. And so um, we don't like just going into meetings blind. We rely on the Holy Spirit to be with us. It's not just us and our wisdom. It, it's God moving in us. And so he had, he said, I literally had nine minutes from the, when my last meeting ended to when this couple was coming in. So he said, I just started praying and asked the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom to give me a word for this couple. And so he comes in and he says, hey, how's it going? They're, they're chatting. And he says, well, what's going on? And so they start to they share with him. And he's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, God drops a thought in his mind. and goes, ask the husband about his father. So the, the pastor's like, I just want to stop you for a second. This might seem weird, but I think God's wanting me to ask you about your father. And all of a sudden, the, the, the man just, his, his face like goes, just eyes are wide open and just goes white. He goes, well, actually, my dad, I was really close with him. And he passed away a year ago. And ever since then, I've been dabbling in some stuff with, with, with old spirits. I've been trying to get his dead spirit back with us. And it's been, we've been in some really just kind of dark stuff. And so the pastor's like, well, today I want to pray that you would find comfort and strength and that, you know, you would be set free from all this dark stuff. And three weeks later, the couple comes in and they say it's been a world of a difference. Ever since that moment, the, the, the husband began to grieve the loss of his dad. He began to move on. He began to draw closer to God. The crazy thing about that story is that the pastor had no idea about the husband's dad. He had no idea that he even had a dad. He had no idea that his dad passed away a year ago. He had no idea that the, the, the husband was looking into spiritual stuff to get his dad back. Only God knew that. And he gave that message to the pastor to share with them, and their marriage is thriving and strong. He told us that when he was there last year. So here's what I love about prophecy, getting real, real. God created all of us. He created the innermost parts of us. And so he knows from the smallest stuff all the way to the biggest stuff. And he knows what we need. He knows what we're going through. And so prophecy is not just some far future thing. It's not just, Derek, in 10 years, you're still going to be short. You're going to lose most of your hair and you're going to have a good life. That would be an okay prophecy for me, but it's still that God can do that. He can talk into the future. But he can also talk right into your present situation. God can use someone else to get a hold of you and to encourage you, to inspire you, to motivate you, and as dare I say, even correct us sometimes. We live in a busy world, a very busy world. If you're like me, it gets so easy to have your alarm go up, roll over, 
hit, grab your phone off your nightstand and start going through Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram. And then you get out of that and then you maybe jump in the shower, get ready for work, and you're dialoguing with your, your, your spouse or you're dialoguing with a family member. And then you jump in the car and your radio's going full blast. And you go to work and you're talking to people all day. And then you go home and you got to make dinner. And you just, we occupy our time and that's not bad. But sometimes it gets so hard for God to speak to us because we, we're not listening. There's so many different voices going in our ears all the time that we, don't, we can't even hear it. And so God will use other people to get in there, to get in front of your face. If, if all of a sudden Meg said, hey, um, God says, you know, we need to do this, I'd be like, I didn't hear that, but you got my attention now. It's crazy what God will do to get our attention because he loves us and cares about us that much. So prophecy can look like a number of different things. It can be simple as, you know, um, I know you're going through something, and I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you that it's going to be okay. God's going to take you through this. Or it can be, um, dude, I love you. You're one of my best friends, but as I've been praying for you this last week, I just feel like there's something going on in your life that you just need to make right. It can look like a bunch of different things. And it can be the futuristic. It can be... I This does not make any sense to me, but I feel like I'm supposed to share this. I, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that X, Y, Z. It can look at a number of different things. But um, I'm going to invite the band to come up here. This all sounds good in theory, right? This all sounds good. But how does it happen? What, like... How, how does this happen in our lives, and what do we do with this? I want to get real practical. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about prophecy. If someone ever gives you a prophecy, and they ever say, I feel like God's supposed to tell you this, or I'm supposed to communicate this to you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be gracious and thankful, but I want you to test it. I want you to test that prophecy. First John 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. God would never, ever tell you something that contradicts His Word. God would never tell you to go and do something that would have to make you hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. Just because God sa- someone says, God told me to tell you this, does not mean that that's really God. Could it be? Oh, absolutely. But if someone came up to me and says, Derek, you are a terrible husband. Derek, you are going to be an awful father, and and God needs you to get you out of ministry right now because you're doing awful things. People have done that. I've heard of that. That could be personal beef that they have with you. So test it. Would I go to would I go to my to my knees and pray that God is this really what you're saying to me? Yes, I would. But if I had people speaking to me saying you are a great man, I don't believe God would say that to me, and His Word doesn't say that that I'm a bad person. So I would I would discount that. So we gotta test it. We gotta test it. We can't take everything that everyone says literally all the time. It should always point back to who Jesus is and the love He has for us. Because people have gotten it wrong before. But be gracious. Be gracious. Another one is, we've got to be willing to receive it. Sometimes a prophecy is true. Sometimes it really is from God, and it can be hard to hear. 
feel like you're, I feel like you're, you're going to have a spouse. And I know this is hard, but this is, this is just tough. And you're, you're, you're like, oh, I know that, but I want a spouse now. I hate being single. It's going to come true. It's from God. It's going to come true. Or I, 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 know you're, I know you're going through something tough, but you need to get out of this. You need to stop going to this vice or this vice. I know it's hard, but you've you got to get away from that. Oh, it hurts. It's tough to get it. But what I love about God, what I love about prophecy, is he's always got our best interests in mind. Did I enjoy when my parents corrected me growing up? No. I was like, I know what I'm doing. You don't have to correct me. Why was I wrong? My parents had the best interest for me in mind, and they do exactly what I needed. And lastly, we got to allow God to work in us. See, here's the, here's the trick with spiritual gifts. We got to let God work them through. They're going to seem awkward. They're going to seem tough at first, but you got to allow God to work in you. And I can promise you, it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing when God says, hey, you're supposed to This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.